Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. My name is Ian, and tonight, once again, I get to speak to one of my favorite vocalists from one of my favorite bands. Tonight on the show is JT from Famous Last Words, and I am also excited because their third full-length album, The Incubus, comes out on Revival Recordings on September 30th. It is going to be so good. And obviously, I talked to JT in depth about the album. I am very much looking forward to it. He's very much looking forward to you hearing it. So before I go all crazy with this intro and everything, this has obviously been a huge year for Famous Last Words with signing to Revival Recordings as well as with releasing The Incubus. This is going to be huge for them. And yeah. I just can't wait. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation I had with JT. In order to give you a taste of the Incubus, we're going to play the two singles that have been released so far. So going into the conversation, I'm going to play Pretty in Porcelain. And coming out of the conversation, I'm going to play The Judged. So here it is, Pretty in Porcelain, off of the new album, The Incubus, out on September 30th. Enjoy.
Welcome back to Ian Hates Music, everyone. Tonight on the show, my guest is JT from Famous Last Words. JT, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing very well. Now, you are doing a ton, a ton of press for the Incubus is coming out very, very soon. So I'm going to yes. apologize. I'm going to apologize right now in case I redo some questions you've already heard, okay? No, dude, don't apologize. It's got to be tough, though. I mean, you're doing this on a regular basis. Like, does it get difficult? Are you just so excited for the album, though, that you kind of just steamroll over that? It's, it's a, I mean, it's hard because you don't want to answer the a similar question the exact same because you don't want you know people to get bored of what you're talking about oh sure but but like every day this week i've had an interview and tomorrow i have i think two so it's been (laughs) yeah it's been a grind but it's you know it's worth it i want to get i want to get it out there i want kids to hear it i want kids to know about it you know i and i'm totally willing to do whatever that takes Absolutely, yeah. And just so everyone knows, in case they don't, the Incubus comes out on September 30th. I already have, oh man, I already have my pre-bundle, my merch. I am extremely excited for this, and you must be extremely excited too. Oh, you have no idea. The fans think that they're stoked to to hear the Incubus. They have no idea how much (laughs) we want to just put this out for everyone to hear. How long have you been sitting on it? Was it something that, have you literally been waiting like a year to put this out, or did you finish it up just a little while ago? Um, We only got the final tracks back a few months ago. Okay. Uh, We we spent a good year and a half writing this this album. It's funny because everyone thought we were on a hiatus. Right. Everyone's like, Famous Last Words is back when we went on the tour that we just did. And we're like, back? I didn't know where you left. Shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess a lot of that probably stems from the label as well, from moving from In Vogue to Revival Recordings. So that's had to play a little bit into it, right? Yeah. But um, I, think we, I think we did a pretty good job at keeping fans interested and keeping content up and keeping like the social media presence there. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm super proud of of everyone in the Famous Last Words camp right now. Like, we did something that's kind of hard to do. We got over the sophomore slump. Yeah. We uh, changed labels successfully. Like, and it looks like things are just gonna just keep getting better. So, we took a chance, and we kind of what we do. We take chances. <laughs> yeah, I think it's paying off. I mean, maybe it's a little bit early, but it seems like I mean, revivals behind you guys, a hundred percent. It seems like they're doing a oh, great yeah. job. Yeah, great job with marketing and everything. Can you tell me when was that moment that you knew you wanted to go with revival? Um, I I had a conversation with Sean, mm-hmm. and when we were talking, just hearing him speak with such passion about um, not only like the music industry and bands and concept albums, but uh, speaking so passionately about our band. It, and it was, it was just the coolest thing. He was talking about how like Al Santa has this huge um, concept record, like cult following. Oh, absolutely. How he sort of wants, wants to kind of like pass the torch down. He's, he he said this. He said, "I want you to be my Charlie Bucket, and I'll be Willy Wonka." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! All right, oh. I think that was the moment. Right when he said that, I was like, "Yeah, all that, right." <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, when you look at Revival's uh, actual website, and you know they made up the whole sweet core thing for Alisana. When you look at yours, 
it's Northern Michigan Storytime Corps, and I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I made that up. <laughs> oh, did you make that up? Very nice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. So, you know, on the same kind of trend here, you're going out on tour with Alisana, O Sleeper, and who else is it? Uh, artwork and Two O'Clock Courage. I there we go. Okay. Yeah. Artwork and Two O'Clock Courage. Now, that's a little tour to go over for uh, 10 years of Vandy and Wax, which is amazing. What are you looking forward to most on that tour? Uh reactions I'm, I'm looking forward to the fans reactions because the new album will be out right when the tour starts the exact we'll same day right new song uh the day after oh day after okay gotcha yeah we have a, a north carolina date and rally in alabama's hometown so. oh that's right before the pennsylvania date yep okay gotcha well yeah so, that's uh, yeah. has that I'm ever like, happened before what for you has the album ever come out when you've been on tour like this Yes. Okay. Uh, when we did Council of the Dead about like two years ago, it, uh, we went on a tour with Hawthorne Heights and Red Jumpsuit after that. Do you like that? Genre, but you know, it was it was cool. It was a really awesome tour. When that kind of thing happens, do you actually prefer that, or would you like them to kind of be separated? Are you really looking just to see that initial reaction from everybody? What do you mean? So when you did that tour originally. And you had uh-huh. Council of the Dead come out. And then now you're going to have the Incubus come out while you're on tour as well. I think some bands might be a little different where sometimes they might like people to digest the album a little bit more before going out on tour and seeing everyone sing along with it. You're going to be dropping the album when you and you've done it before. So do you actually like to do it that way or would you prefer to have people digest the album a little bit more? 100% would like to tour on the first couple of weeks because one it you know it helps cd sales a lot oh very and nice your cd sales in the first two weeks are so huge and like what you're going to be able to do in the future right like so that that really matters and that's just a huge push so i i mean and we've already come out with this is our third full-length album right and we have you know singles from the other songs and we'll be playing some of them on this tour so you know they'll hear songs that they are familiar with Right. But, and I think you have to do that. You can't just do a whole set with new songs or else they would be like, what's going on? <laughs> I, right, right. I think the only band recently to do that was Pierce the Veil. When they had Misadventures come out, they did that whole first tour when the album just came out and they did the entire one front to back. But that's uh, pretty yeah, rare. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, I, they can get away with that. <laughs> exactly. Very true. That is really true, actually. When you're doing so many concept albums and the incubus once again is another concept album have you wanted yeah. to go out and do one completely front to back and see what oh, that? oh yeah of totally yeah. very nice i'd love to but i would uh i kind of i kind of want to wait until you know there's a good like production budget like we'll have really a really cool stage set up to you know correlate with the story and you know do stuff like that um, it would be fun to play it from beginning to end, but I feel like I would, there'd be a part of me that would be really sad if we didn't have like a cool production for the show. Like I'd want to make it into a big show, right? Not just a band playing. Do you have bands that you used to like to see live that did production like that? Because for me, I think of like Rammstein, I think of Marilyn Manson having that big production budget. Is that the kind of thing you're looking to pull off? I saw um, this. DVD that Panic at the Disco put out for their first album, oh. and their first uh, 
their whole tour that they were doing that was on that DVD was insane. Like the production was so cool. They had dancers, they had like prop, like it was just awesome. It was a show. It, it was so theatrical. Um, and it was, I, I think like that's a huge part of it. Like kids don't just want to hear music anymore. They want to be entertained. No, that's true. I mean, attention spans are pretty short. That's, <laughs> that's pretty for sure. short right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very true. I guess, is that the ultimate goal then? Is that to do that story on the stage as well? I guess, would that be around like next album or so that you'd want to try and do something like that? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've, I would love to do it for this album if we could. Like, hopefully on the 30th it drops and people love it. And that would be great if we were, you know, put into a a situation where we could do something like that. I mean, if you look at Pretty in Porcelain and The Judge, it looks like people are really enjoying the stuff that you put out so far. So I think you're pretty close to that goal, I would say. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. We're working. We're grinding it. (laughs) Let's take things back a little bit and compare it to this new album coming out. What do you think is that biggest difference between, you know, when you put out Pick Your Poison, that old famous last words to now the Incubus famous last words? What would you say is the biggest difference between you back then and you now? From Pick Your Poison, so much. Um, Like those songs were, were, they were good, Mm -hmm. you know. I agree. But at the same time, we were all really, or I was like super young. Um, and our, our management at the time, they kind of told us the same thing they told all their other smaller bands. Like, sound like Asking Alexandria. It's like, uh, uh, right, sure. And you know what? Being a, a young band that didn't know what the fuck was going on, like, we took their advice and we listened to it. And, you know, like, I wouldn't say we directly ripped off of it, because I don't think any of it is a direct rip-off of anything from Asking Alexandria. No, but, I, I wouldn't you think know, so. It's, we were naive. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't really know what we wanted yet. Right. So, and you have to go through those periods of experimenting and trying new stuff until you, you know, find your own sound. And I think the Incubus is us finally really, like, honing in this perfect sound for this story, especially. Oh, that's very exciting. No, that's great. Yeah, to hear. And, and it's a story. You know, right. Two Face Trade was the first concept album. Yep. And we've been doing stories since then. And Pick Your, Pick Your Poison wasn't. So. Right. That was your only it's, one that really wasn't. Yep. So it was after that one hap, like was released. And we weren't, we just weren't really that happy with it. I mean, we liked the songs, like Starting Over. I love that song. That song's about my daughter. Like, right. It's a great song. But um, it, it just wasn't it, you know. So after that, we were like, all right, well, we're going to do a concept album. We're going to do a crazy concept album. <laughs> and originally, I wanted Two Face uh, Charade to follow the storyline of Fame of the Opera. Oh, I was just going to okay. rewrite music. And they're like, no, don't do it. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. And I was like, okay, we won't do that. We'll just write our own. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they meant, like, don't do concept albums of your first record. That's a bad idea. Exactly. You're setting yourself up. And really, you could be setting yourself up, but. As long as you can uh, keep finding inspiration for new stories and stuff, I think the concept album is almost uh, a freer form of art because each story is different. Each story is going to have a different vibe. So each right. album is going to sound different. And you know what? If you're at a softer part in the story where you know it needs to, maybe it's like a love part and it's just soft and happy or whatever we can do a song that sounds like that. And if there's a super angry part of the story, we can do a super happy song. 
uh, it's really opened it up to let us do whatever we want, really. And that uh, makes just, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. Well, if it's just if it if it makes sense in the story, then it makes sense in um, in our band. <laughs> yeah. And if you have a really fluent uh, story with like just really good flow, um, and you can correctly capture that with the music and the lyrics and the melodies and everything, then your album is also. I found out it's also going to have incredibly good flow. So, and that's what we like to do. You know, I. I want our albums to be albums that you can listen the entire CD from the first song to the last song, right. you know, without feeling like I have to skip a song. No, absolutely. And I think that does hold true for your albums. It's it's very strange because I'm a huge fan of concept albums. I'm a huge mark for them. And I'm always extremely impressed with bands that can do them well because it is, like you said, there's that freedom to it because it's giving you like almost like the best of both worlds because you're getting almost a novelization of the music plus the music on top of it. So it's giving you that extra realm of possibility. But a lot of bands have failed in the past doing it and a lot aren't ready to tackle something like that because it is more difficult. And you guys it's have a success- lot of yeah, work. Exactly. And especially, yeah, especially with like the, the difficult topics we talk about. Yes. Uh, you know, you got to do it right. You got to do research. You got to take notes. You got to, you got to like develop characters, develop a storyline. Like there's, there's all that that goes into it on top of the regular band stuff. So right. it's, I mean, but really that's, it's just what we want to do. It's, it's what I want to do. It's, it's fun. I enjoy it. I like telling stories. It's, and I get, you know, my messages across. So it's, we, we love it. I mean, other bands, I, I know what you mean. Like sometimes uh, it kind of sounds like some, like maybe they're trying too hard to be uh, different or theatric, which is cool in their own right. Sure. I just, I'm, I'm not like a huge fan of too much experimentation. Like I, I want to make sure that the song is still, you know, listenable to any anyone, even if they don't know it's a concept album. Right. Yeah. Even if someone goes ahead and they're searching around for music and they happen to hear a track wherever it is, they're still going to be able to fall into the story somewhere. Exactly. And that that also comes like uh, in play with the lyrics too a lot. Is uh, you got to find lyrics that are vague enough, but also have their specific moments where you can get uh, details and the storyline across. So yes. you kind of have to find this middle ground where you know you have to get the story out but you also want it to be just a really good song in general so yep. it's really finding finding that that line and making sure you're walking right on it now is that something you are just completely accustomed to now with how many times you've done it or is that something you still strive for and it's still a lot of work like i know you do a ton of research you know and we'll talk about the incubus a little bit more later but for just writing a concept album in general do these ideas come to you pretty regularly and you're able to kind of move your research and move your story all together easily? Or is it something that you struggle with from time to time? Um, well, it's, it's weird because it doesn't, I've never had a story come to me when I'm trying to think of a story. Okay. It doesn't work that way. It just kind of, I'll be maybe on a long drive and suddenly some crazy ass story will just hit me <laughs> okay. and I'll write it, and I'll write it down in my notes, like on my phone. 
Okay. And gotcha. maybe I'll be like, all right, this is the album. And I, I do this test. I call it the Twilight Zone test. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially, if I can imagine the story as a Twilight Zone episode, it will work because it'll oh. work in the time frame. It's not too complicated. There's yep. not like too many details that will muddy it all up. Uh, and that's, that's really important. Like you could have a really great story, but if it's like too much, that's mm-hmm. when you kind of start crossing that line from having like a, a good flowing album to something that was just going to be really hard to get unless you're like a super diehard. Right. And I think that might even be, and I'm a super diehard fan of Alisana, and I think that's what happened with Confessions a little bit too with some fans, but the diehards really got it, and other people were like, what? Where'd that come from? But now they have the book out, and that helps to explain a lot of things. Yeah. Is that something you would ever want to do? Uh, Yeah. With Two-Faced Charade, we actually released a short story with it online. Yep. And you did the whole uh, short film as well. The short film, yeah. No, that was awesome. I actually, I watched that again today uh, to get ready for everything. And wow, that is a brutal short film that is done really well. Thank you. It Absolutely. was fun. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if we, I love doing the extra content to help the people who do want to like know more about it. Like, I want to make it available for them. Because that, that really, uh, I feel like, creates a kind of relationship between um, the, the fans and, and our band to where they will be lifetime fans. Right. Like we might release a record they don't like very much, but they might still support us anyways. Like yeah. our the quality of our fans I've really noticed recently, especially is just out of this world. Like they are so loyal and so awesome. Yeah. And you guys, <laughs> we're, we're just really lucky. You guys are also very fan friendly too. You have the competition or the contest right now with the signed guitar. You're doing the share contest for all the merch bundles. I mean, you also put a ton of work into those merch bundles. There's a lot of really unique stuff. I wanted to um, congratulate you or or say at least that the imagery with the puppet hand, you know, holding the strings and everything is really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, a guy, he's from Canada, his name's Andrew Wilson. He did a uh, drawing for each one of the songs, and that's in the special edition. Oh, so if very, you get the special edition, yeah, you I get do. that, <laughs> and it comes with this, this booklet with all the artwork, and the lyrics are laid out, so it looks kind of like a storybook. Oh, very cool. All right, I'm looking yeah, forward to it, that. Yeah, and it turned out so cool. Oh, I can't wait for people. <laughs> <laughs> now, you had mentioned about having possible extra material coming out at some point. Once you're all started with Thank You Biss and everyone's been able to listen to it and it it catches on, do you think there'll be anything that you might be moving in a direction towards for extra content with that as well? Um, Maybe. I I mean, I'm always up for it. I always love doing that stuff. It's just, it really comes down to like, you know, time and money. Right. As, as, As shitty as that is, like we do absolutely everything we can with the resources we have. Right, and I think like over the years that's shown. Like we've released uh, that short film, and you know that wasn't no one was involved with that except us and the director. Right. Like so, it, that was just us. Like there was no one helping us out with that except Charlie Anderson, who who directed it, and everyone who he gathered on the crew. And that looks like it's a small budget, but I would not be able to tell if that was just on that that was a small budget film. 
it looked really, really great. When did you decide that that is something you really wanted to go for? Because you also had the music videos as well for choice tracks on that album. So what made you go, hey, I really want to try something this different and go the short film route? I always just wanted to make, I always wanted to act, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was wanted to, I always wanted to try it. Sure. And um, when when we were getting the story together, uh, originally our old bass player Jesse and myself came up with the idea for the story, and then my sister uh, wrote out the, the short um, the short story after we explained it to her. Right. And, and, um, I don't know, since hearing that, and then we did the music video and mm-hmm. I said, all right, Charlie, if this, if this video gets over a million views, we gotta, we gotta do a, a music video. And at the time, you know, the only video we had out was starting over and that still only has like 800,000, maybe even less. I don't know. Sure. And, you know, so that just seems so far fetched. <laughs> at, the, at that time and uh so when it hit a million i hit him up and i was like hey charlie yeah he's like all right <laughs> and then the, I, it didn't really hit me that it was actually happening until like he sent me the email with my plane ticket confirmation i was like oh shit no very nice this, and you this is, this is happening right right and i did want to ask so you went and i'm sure you've gotten this before it's probably a relatively cliche question but you went into that and when you were switching between the characters' inner thoughts and, you know, what they normally are like. When you switched to the red and the black shirt, was that an homage to a Freddy Krueger type thing? Not at all. Okay. (laughs) The red and black striped shirt, the way that happened is actually, like, probably not what most people think. Um, What we did is we also had our our friends, uh, Chris and Carrie Shellifo, they own this tattoo shop rendezvous tattoo up in marquette michigan oh, okay and they're they're old friends of our um drummer he grew up with with chris and Kiri. and we had them do the illustrations for that album okay. so they did all the artwork for that and it wasn't for every song but it was for like the key moments right and when they did it they just drew the guy with a black and red striped shirt <laughs> oh okay <laughs> that's, that's how cool. it happened and then you know I looked, I saw it, and I was like, all right, I should get that and wear it. So I just looked up on Google, black and red striped shirt, and I ordered two of them, and, and that was that. And okay. I, I guess I didn't really think of, like, the branding possibilities of that and how much that would actually catch on, uh, which it was just really, and it was awesome. I loved how that happened. Yeah, that worked out very well. And by the yeah. way, so in the beginning of that short film, when the girl... Uh, actually talks about your tattoo and mentions that it's nice. Is that their tattoo as well? Oh, one of them is. Oh, very nice. Okay. Yeah, in the in the music video on the inside of my right arm. Yeah. Uh, right under my where my elbow is, there's this big eye. Ah, okay. They did that one. You can see it. Very nice. Uh, you know, in that video a few times, but yeah, that's my favorite tattoo for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Do you normally get tattoos based on your albums? No. I mean, and that, that tattoo wasn't, you know, had a, it didn't have anything to do with the album. I don't think any of my tattoos have actually had anything to do with the music except for the Never Give Up tattoo that we all have. Oh, is that a, that's a band shared tattoo? It is. Um, I originally got it when I was like 16. And I got this, uh, this rose that goes kind of wraps around my arm. And it's and uh, right in it, it says, never give up. And really, I did that when I was so young. 
just to really motivate me. So if I was ever feeling like, man, this is just too hard. Like, I, I don't know if I can do this. I would just like look down at my arm. And it's, yeah. I guess when I look at it, I just think, man, am I going to be a super hypocrite and quit? Right, right. <laughs> or am I going to keep like busting and then have to get this thing lasered off my arm? Because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be a, you know, right. a, a walking hypocrite. <laughs> so it, it was just a big motivator. And then it kind of just, turned into a band tattoo. Gotcha. And I I do have to ask, because I'll get killed for it if I don't, it didn't have anything to do with John Cena from WWE, right? I don't even know. I know but I don't know what you're talking about. It's a good thing. Was that his thing? That's his, like, motto or something. It's a running running gag on the show every once in a while to play his intro music. His whole slogan is... That was a running gag all over the internet. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I you know that's not the most original thing I've ever done. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to just had to check on that. But I did want to also mention: Are you also a big horror movie fan? Um, I, I feel like I used to watch more horror movies around when um, that film or when the album was being written than I do now. Oh, okay. Uh, Craig Craig is like he's the horror movie buff. Gotcha. I'm talking about not just horror movies that everyone knows. I'm talking like the horror movies like the shitty old, oh, yeah. like low budget crap movies and he just loves that shit and we'll watch them sometimes and it's just so bad that it's good <laughs> right <laughs> like, yes that seems to happen so, a lot like, nowadays like killer clowns from outer space yes hilarious. <laughs> that is a great movie totally with you yeah the reason why i brought it up is obviously once again i watched it again for a refresher today but then also i've been seeing all of those commercials for the new Blair Witch. So it's just that's on my mind now. And I. The new American Horror Story tonight. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. Are you a fan? I am. Uh, well, I guess. I don't know. Last season wasn't like my favorite. That's the hotel one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm too, I actually, I'm too behind. I didn't even finish it. Yeah. I didn't finish that one. And then the one before it wasn't really. The freak show wasn't really my favorite either. Yeah. That's the one. I think I did half of it. And then I stopped, and I was like, oh, I'll go back. And then all of a sudden, they're on hotel, and I didn't get a chance to watch that. So I have to go all the way back at some point. But since they're only relatively connected, it's not really like I can't start this one, too. I think he came up with that after the fact. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he read some fan fiction and was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to... No, you do that. <laughs> I can, I can completely see that. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just one of those things that comes up, especially you know with October. Came up so late. Oh yeah, yeah. Up late. He's like four seasons in. He's like, oh by the way, that's <laughs> it. Like, no, they're not. You did not plan for that four years ago. Like, come on. He just needed something to trend at that point. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've like read through some fan fiction because we with our stories, I've seen kids do fan fiction oh yeah for us i have different theories and i'll read through it and they'll have some really cool theories and i'm like oh man that's really cool it's not what it is but that's really yeah. cool <laughs> right right and i would never, but i would never like see that and be like oh that's awesome i'm gonna say that's mine and pretend that i thought about it <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> i just wouldn't do that so i don't know but that's... i'll keep watching the show but... yeah why not why not no but that's was so good that is very good to know. Yeah, I'll also watch that one. Which one is this one about now? No one knows yet. Oh, okay. It's brand... Okay, gotcha. See, I brand. I have not been doing TV as much as I should be. 
That's not a bad thing. <laughs> I guess it's all these shows. It's all. It's the same way how you're doing tons and tons of interviews. It's the same thing with doing this show, with doing multiple shows, because I also do the movies one as well. So that's why those are always on my mind too. And I don't know if you like this or not, but I just did uh, The Devil's Advocate. You remember that film? Dude, yes. It's amazing, right? So good. I was just working the whole entire time I was working on my Pacino impression because he is just so Let's over the it. top. Let me hear it. Uh, um, mm. All right. Remember when they're they're talking and they walk into his office for the first time and it's just the first floor? Keanu Reeves is looking around. And he's like, where does he sleep? And the guy's like, who said he sleeps? And then he goes, oh, well, where does he fuck? Pacino turns around. He gets off the phone. And he goes, everywhere. <laughs> Look, I got to do this for you. So that was, <laughs> even though that wasn't great. That was good. Oh, put, thank you. Put a little more energy in it, and you got it. Can you do it? I would love to hear that. Oh, hell no, I can't do oh, it. Okay. I'm not Damn. good at impressions. I was hoping <laughs> if that wasn't a get for the show, I don't know what else would be. That would, be, <laughs> that would be amazing. All right. Sorry, I apologize. I tend to go off on tangents from time to time. Dude, it's cool. All right. Me too. Let me ask you this. Going back to the Incubus, I was looking through some of the producers of your previous albums, and obviously you had Joey Sturgis, you had Nick Sampson, now you've got Taylor Larson. And I was just mm -hmm. wondering, what made you go with him? I mean, he's, he's done some amazing work. I mean, he's also a guitarist for, from first to last now. But what kind of sold you on him being able to capture what you were going for with the Incubus? Well, um, Nick, Nick Sampson actually also did a lot of work on Two-Face Charade, too. He did both, right? Yeah, he did both. Yep. Um, and, the, like, that whole kind of Sturgis sound, I guess we just, we wanted to come back with a more, you know, a more mature sound. Like, you can't go to the same producer every time, or else, you know, your shit's just going to start sounding the same. Sure. So, uh, when we when we got Evan in the band, our new guitar player, mm -hmm. he was in this band called Not Tonight Josephine. Oh, and sure. they really recently just recorded an EP with Taylor. Gotcha. So, you know, Evan was just talking him up, and he, we listened to the recordings he did for his band, and, you know, we thought about it, and uh, the more we listened to it, the more we, we decided, like, that was kind of the direction we wanted to go with, a, like, this really punchy in-your-face, uh, but maybe also a little rawer kind of sound. Okay. But with, still with, like a lot of the theatrical production in it. So we were, we were going for that. We were also going for more like dynamic sound, like uh, more diverse parts, high energies, and some, you know, softer parts for good contrast. Um, and I feel like that kind of lacked in the other albums. Okay. Um, the other albums, I feel like, were more high energy, like all the time for the most part. Yes, I, uh, could, this, I agree with this that. Album, yeah, this album is like... Every, I've never heard an album like this, and I can say that confidently. Uh, and I, if I wasn't confident about it, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, right, right. I would, I would hope not. Well, I mean, the two songs that you already released with uh, Pretty in Porcelain and The Judge are significantly different. Yeah. Is that something that we can kind of expect throughout the rest of the album as well? Oh, yeah. There's not one, and there's not one song that sounds like another on the album. Oh, that's awesome. Every song, every song sounds has its own sound, but the flow is still 100% there. So I'm just, I'm really proud of everyone and how this came together. 
was that more of something that happened organically or was it just what you would say before uh, that maturation process? Um, it was, it was a little bit of both, I guess. Like when, when I was thinking about how I wanted the, the songs to sound according to like what part of the story it was, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking I would really put a lot of thought into it and I wanted to make sure that, no, you know, we were able to do what really just, like I said before, whatever we wanted to do right? and whatever made sense to do to us. Um, we didn't, we wanted it to sound like a well thought out album, not just something that, you know, uh, this is a post hardcore song. Right. Enjoy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Then this is your metal core song and this is where you break sure. it down to acoustic and yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Well, did you go into the process having all lyrics written or did you come no. in okay so the way it, it's always been is we'll figure out what the sound like what the songs need to sound like mm-hmm. what kind of vibe they need to be like if it's a darker song heavier song lighter song happier song uh you kind of get a lot of information on the direction of your song from that right and and then um Oh, I'm totally just spaced what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the, your process of going from into the studio and choosing how, like, I wasn't sure if maybe since you had talked about when you would... Oh, yeah, the lyrics. Yeah. Wow, we were talking about the lyrics. <laughs> okay, yeah, with the lyrics, um, I don't ever write them before I go in. The music's always first. Okay. All so, right. and like I said, we have to... You know, find the vibes, find what the song is supposed to sound like, and how you know that'll also affect like the timing, like the BPMs, how fast it's going to be, how slow it's going to be. There's so much that you can get from that information. Very true. And then essentially, what I'll do is I'll you know once the songs are written instrumentally, mm-hmm. I'll go through and I will you know I'll separate each part. Like if there's the intro part and then the verse and then the chorus, you know whatever. And in my notebook, I'll write down a list of all the details that need to be in the song, like story details that have to be in each song. Okay. So that's stuff I can't avoid putting in. It has to go in there if I want the story to make sense. That makes sense. And is yeah. it just, is it all on you? Are all the lyrics and yeah. everything? Oh, okay. Very interesting. And um, so, yeah, I'll know what I want to say, mm-hmm. but maybe I don't have the lyrics yet. Like, okay. I'll know the, what I need to say, like, but maybe I just haven't found the words. And that's usually how it is. So, for example, I knew what each part in each song was going to be about. Okay. But when we went into the studio, I was still finishing up some lyrics. And, I mean, there was three days there and I where I just had to bust lyrics out. And I finished six songs in three days wow and it was all the only way i could have done that is you know i spent so much time on the story so much time on the research you know development all that stuff and then by the time that i knew exactly what each part had to say all i had to do there was find the words and kind of like piece them together Uh, it's almost like i had a puzzle right i had the picture but I just had to put the pieces together. I see. Okay. To get the whole picture. So, yeah, that, that's kind of how it, it, it is with uh, the lyrics. And this, yeah, six songs, three days. Man, <laughs> I was going insane. 
the the studio is in a basement and there's no window so i didn't know when it was day or when it was oh. night <laughs> oh i was losing it it was crazy <laughs> is that like i mean i would imagine that's a ton of stress is everyone being cool with you or are they like hey hey we got to get this going like where's the story does anyone try and help no <laughs> i mean they they know to just like let me do my thing oh okay I've, that's more uh, the way you want it. You want to finish this stuff by yourself. You want yeah. to write it by yourself. Yeah, well, as far as, like, the, the concepts and stuff go, like, I've kind of taken a, a lead in doing that stuff, especially because I do write all the lyrics and, like, all the melodies. And for for this album, I actually wrote most of the instrumentals, too. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah, Evan, Evan came in, and he wrote a couple songs. But this is the first time I actually... Uh, wrote the majority of the instrumentals for our albums before it was uh jesse our old bass player yeah he he wrote um with with us on council and two-faced and um i really i only wrote wrote instrumentally uh one in the chamber in the end of the beginning on council oh i see okay and then on two-faced it was just like select parts that i wrote and you know they were even changed a little bit so this was the first one that uh he wasn't writing with us on and so it was a new producer, a new writer. Uh, you know, it was, everything was very different from our previous albums. Wow. So, like, yeah, that was a lot of, that was a lot of pressure. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I, I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew, like, how I wanted to do it. And then we, I talked to the guys, and we talked about, you know, we agreed on the things that we want to do with that album, and we just went at it and did i think this is our best album to date oh i love hearing that that's great that makes i mean that's gonna make everyone extremely excited even if I mean, oh yeah i think most people are extremely excited anyways but to hear that kind of stuff has got to get everyone really really going for sure well let me ask oh, you, you mean the fans i thought you were just talking about us individually oh well, <laughs> i'll tell you about everybody yeah i'm sure oh, yeah i really it does seem like everyone's super stoked uh but yeah but us in the band like oh my god we are so anxious to get this out i mean it's got to be a little bit taxing for you guys too when you're going on tour and sometimes you're playing the same things over and over so you've got to be chomping at the bit to start getting some of the new stuff out there as well yeah for sure no that's very nice and i did want to ask you when you were talking about writing the melodies and you're writing all the lyrics when you're decide, how do you decide on when you're going to do your clean and unclean vocals since you're doing both? And do you have a favorite? Do you actually like doing more of the uncleans compared to the cleans, or do you like it the opposite? Um, I really, I don't think I prefer one over the other. Okay. It's um, it really comes down to, like I said, what's going on in the story. Is, is this an angry part? Does this need to be screamed? <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's kind of how it breaks down. Is it's like in the music, does it feel like this part needs to be screamed? And in the story, where it makes sense for this to be like screaming or angry stuff, um, and I take that into consideration. And you definitely do in the judged because you're screaming those parts where that's the lawyer, right? Yep. Yeah. So you're separating actual characters by how you're doing your vocal styles. Yep, and I always wanted to do that, and that was the first time I actually successfully did it. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that because I think that's very rare. I don't think that's normally, even with other bands that do concept albums, I'm it not was sure. Hard. Yeah, I, I would it imagine was, that it was be. that was tough. Was that like uh, just doing it back and forth with myself 
Right. It's weird. Do you have a composition of how you do that live? Does someone else fill in for some of those while you're doing it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Where, where there's like, um, maybe it won't be a full part. Yeah. But I have uh, Craig and Matt. They, oh. they do backing vocals whenever I, it's like something that I just physically can't do. Right. Yeah, because you're going back and forth a lot. I mean, that's happened in previous albums as well. And that had to mm-hmm. be hard to do live. Because I've seen you guys before, I think, unfortunately, only once. But that's kind of what you did. So that's good to know that that's what you do for the Incubus as well. Your voice is very unique. And you're doing something that you know Shane Told does and some amazing singers and vocalists have to do, which is that back and forth, clean and unclean. How do you take care of your voice when you have to do that over and over? Warm-ups and warm-downs. Okay. All right. Make sure you do them every single night. Uh, my grandma was a vocal coach for years and years, so she taught me some really good uh, warm-ups and warm-downs and stuff. And then I went to this um, this charter art school from uh, kindergarten to ninth grade. Oh, okay. And so the art classes were mandatory. You uh, had to take Gotcha. And, I mean, at the time, I, I didn't appreciate it as much as I you know, should have. But right. looking back, like I learned a lot there, so that that helped a ton. Um, choir helped a ton. Uh, it, it really hammered the idea of you need to take care of your voice and know what you're doing, or else you'll lose it. And right. you know that's like my livelihood, so I don't want to lose that. <laughs> Absolutely, you had to. You know, some of those art classes were mandatory. But when did you find that love for being a vocalist and a storyteller? Oh, uh, the storyteller didn't come until later i think it, it all started just in sixth grade i oh. got a, i taught myself how to play guitar and i just started writing songs i loved it wow um, sixth grade wow yeah sixth grade that's when i started that's pretty amazing <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty amazing so you've yeah. known you've known for forever that this is what you want to do yeah <laughs> wow no that's impressive yeah, that's I, a long time yeah you hear from different bands you know especially ones that i'm talking to on the show and you know, some start in college and some start, you know, they just happen to pick up their older brother's old bass or something like that. And that's where they get it from. I don't know if I've known anyone that has started that young before. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's, it's been a, a trip for sure. <laughs> yeah, for, absolutely. Let me ask you this. And I know this is something you've gone over and over again. I mean, I'm looking at the time and we've been talking for a while and we've never actually hit on what the concept for the Incubus is. Now, I know what it is, and people who have listened to the show, because we've talked about it a few times on the regular show, they know. But what is your brief summary without giving too much away? What's the concept of the Incubus? It follows uh, our main character. Her name is Christine, mm-hmm. and she, which is actually uh, named after Christine from Phantom of the Opera. Oh, okay. I had to, had to put that in there just because <laughs> I can't wait and, till you announce when you are going to do this concept album on Phantom of the Opera. I I don't know. I can never uh I can never top that music. It's yeah. so good. Andrew Lloyd Webber's just oh, he killed it. You know, I can't ding, 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 ding. <laughs> like no way. That's like the most intense opening to a song ever. <laughs> no, I totally understand. I just think that would be amazing to hear something like that. Yeah. Well, anyways, Christine, <laughs> yep. she is a, uh, I guess, not, I wouldn't say struggling. Uh, she is a stay-at-home mom in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, and she starts 
blacking out and having these really crazy, horrible um, nightmares. Right. And she she doesn't really know what's going on, and she she's kind of scared to really do anything about it because the whole stigma back then towards women was just so fucked. Right. Um, yes, and she... so no one really took anything that she was saying seriously and she kind of had to really battle this on her own and it sort of follows her story on how she did this. Very interesting. And, now, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that was, that was it. And I don't want to go, I, I mean, too much away. yeah, you don't want to give too much away and I know you've had to say that like a million times, but Two-Faced Charade is a very dark concept that has most likely a not too pleasant ending to it. Council for the Dead is a little bit more of a positive. At least my interpretation is that it's a more positive ending than Two Faced Charade. The, end, the ending is definitely more positive. Yeah, the whole that, the whole up to that beginning. <laughs> right, that is the most depressing album in the history of the world. I think <laughs> it is very close. I was trying to compare those stories with some other concept as well. And I think that does, that is very, very high on the list until that last song, <laughs> until the yep. last song, which is why I'm going by that last part where it wraps everything up and gives people options. So that's why I see it as more of a positive. I'm trying to... Yeah, that was a tough ending to come up with, too. Like, that took me a long time. Yeah, uh, I'd imagine. actually record the end of the beginning until a few months after the album was already done. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, because I, I couldn't figure out the way I wanted to end this. Like, I had this, this concept with uh, all these people, and they're connected, and yep. it's in the afterlife. And it's, you know, the ending, I didn't want it to be cheesy. I didn't want it to be um, just dark. Like, it had to have some sort of uplifting ending, or else it just would be such a sad CD to listen oh, to. Oh, it, like. it definitely so, um Yeah, and then I finally, when I figured it out, I was just, I was so stoked. Um, and then we just we drove back down there, uh, me and me and Matt actually, mm -hmm. and yeah, we just tracked that one song. I, I wrote I wrote that song at my work. Oh, I, I took math <laughs> at a high at an alternative high school. Yeah, and I wrote it on my phone. Wow, this program called Music Studio, which is actually how the, most of the songs on the Incubus was were written. Very interesting. Yeah. All right, well, um, go ahead. No, you're good. My main, I guess my main really, really long question there was, would you say for the Incubus, would you say that it's along that dark side? Maybe not at the end, but does it, is it more positive than the way that album was? Or are you looking to actually get even darker? Well, it's, it's a different kind of dark. Okay. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's a completely different kind of dark, like, the way I look at Counts of the Dead, it's, it's like a, like the love, the difference between the two different kinds of love in Two-Faced Charade and Counts of the Dead. Right. It's not a romantic love at all. It's, no. It's a family and friend kind of love. So right. it has a completely different feeling to it. And then Two-Faced Charade is this like psychotic love <laughs> where you know the, the character is, isn't like a the hero of the story by any means, but it, it does like take you into this mind of this psychopath, which right. is you know, interesting. Um, but going forward, it was a lot more fun to do stuff where I could really give a, you know, show the reality of the world. It's a fucking dark place out there. There's no way around it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Right. But 
you also got to, you know, accept it and learn how to deal with with the harsh world that we live in. Gotcha. And that's kind of what we do with the concepts. We, we take these situations where these people are in, you know, really very dark places. And I try to spread the message that in, even in the darkest places, there's going to be a little flicker of light that, you know, is your hope. There's right. always hope. So that's, that, that's really when it comes down to it in every situation, that's what it comes down to. Right. Just like everyone else, I'm sure I am really looking forward to diving into the story because ah, it's just it sounds great. I mean, I don't know how to. And that's that's not even sugarcoating it. It's just it no sounds one. Awesome. No one even knows it yet. That's yeah. the coolest part. I've yeah. seen some good guesses, but no one has really gotten it yet. And there's no way they, they could have. Very it's, nice. It's pretty. It's pretty out there. So. Oh, okay. All right. I like hearing that as well. Very cool. Yeah, I'm so I'm excited for when it's out and I can like sit down with someone and do a track by track walkthrough and I'll be able to really explain it in full detail. Like I want kids to listen to it first and you know well, right. interpret it right. in their own way, but eventually I definitely want to sit down and do that. I'm I'm really excited to have that opportunity. <laughs> well, look you can do that many places, but I will put an open invite right now that if you ever want to come on the show and do that, I will do all the research and I will be completely ready for that because that would be amazing. Let's do it. I'm uh, down. I'm completely down for that. That's amazing. <laughs> well, let me let me just go ahead and thank you so much for being on the show because I think that covers... I mean, look, I could still continue on and talk to you, but I know you've done tons and tons of these, so I just... I, I really... Keep, I keep going too, man. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I just know it's probably best because I'll just go off into a million different tangents and everything, and that's not the right <laughs> that's not the right way to go. So, How are the kids doing? <laughs> yeah, actually, well, that I didn't get to ask you that. Are is everything going well with the family? Are they excited about you going out on tour? Like, how is that? They they are excited, and it is going well. Very My daughter nice. just started just just started second grade. Wow. Um, she's always like kind of bummed when I go on tour, but she really supports me a lot, and that's. That's the coolest thing. Does she ever get to come out to see like a local show or anything like that? Um, it's it's hard because any shows in Michigan that we play are usually about four four and a half hours away from where uh, we actually live. Sure. So it's it's hard to do that, but you know, my hope is I I want to get to the point where I can sustain my family mm-hmm. and I can have them come out to shows every now and then and. You know, where I can live comfortably. Like, I'm not looking for a ton of money. I just want to live comfortably. Right. You're doing and do what, what you, I love. Exactly. Yeah, you're doing what you love, and you want to be able to put everything you have into that and be able to share it with your family as well. And that makes total exactly. sense. Yeah. It's, you know, I talk to a lot of bands that you would think are super huge, and yet they still have, you know, a second job for when they come back and when they're, you know, off of touring. And it's just crazy to think about when they're making music that really changes people's lives, but they're just plugging away and continuing on. And it's it's awesome to hear, but it'd be great for you yet yeah, to be able to sustain everything and be comfortable and be able to do what you love. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's my end game. No, that and that yeah, makes total I, sense. That's that's the goal I want. I want to be able to do what I love and support my family. Very nice. Well, JT, I think we're all good here. The Incubus comes out September 30th on Revival Recordings. Now, I'm going to have a link 
in the description for the show and everything where people can pre-order and get the merch bundles. We all know, and I've been talking to a ton of people, and they've said it a million times on the show, so everyone who listens should already know, those first and second week sales are so important. So hopefully people... So important. So incredibly... It's 2016. I'm still surprised that it's very important, but it, it really, really is. So we'll be talking to everyone, getting them out there, but for right now, what is the best way for people to support you? Go to famouslastwords.merchnow.com and pick up one of those bundles that we have for sale. Um, we, we really just need to move as many of those as possible. Uh, or just go on iTunes, Google Play, really anywhere that you uh, want to download it or pre-order the album. Like Every single sale helps so much. And it's not a money thing. It's really a numbers game. Right, and it's it's about uh, like opportunities that those numbers can open for us, and you know, getting those opportunities is going to be one of the things that enables us to keep going. So, and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So, right. uh, and I know our fans out there, like I said, they are the coolest fans. They're so supportive of us. Um, I don't think they'll. I, I'm pretty sure they're they're gonna. Uh, pull through <laughs> yeah they're they're never gonna stop yeah that is absolutely true well let me also ask you this when you're out with alisana will you also have incubus merchandise and albums as well so that people can pick them up from you there too we will awesome that'll help too right well we'll, we'll have the cds we won't have any of the pre-order bundle stuff except right. for those cds but we will have the cds we'll have some new shirts it will some stuff that you uh Oh, I guess you can get it online. We'll have one one or two new shirts, too. So nice. we'll have some new stuff. But, yeah, we'll have the CD available, ready to go. We won't sell out. I can tell you that. There you go. <laughs> I, I ordered so many CDs that we shouldn't sell out for a while. <laughs> and if we do, that's okay with me, too. You know. Well, yeah. You're going to be going. Now, this is a shorter tour, probably a longer tour right after that, right? Um, Actually, we're – it's the – with the end of the year, it's kind of like... Ah, that's a little tough, right? starting to slow down a little bit. Sure. Um, but, you know, we, we do have something in the works. I actually just saw something today, so oh. I don't really know. I, I don't know. I can't say it yet because like, right. there's zero confirmation. Right. <laughs> no, right. But um, just keep your eyes out on social media. Like, we'll announce it. Um, if anyone has any questions regarding anything, just hit us up on, like, Facebook. I almost always reply to people who like leave a comment or whatever. Yeah, that's yep. that's awesome. Well, once again, JT, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Much appreciated. I'm a huge fan. And I just wanted to also personally thank you for the song Lust of the Lost. I will always have that on any playlist that I have. And I just love running through that track. That is that is so cool. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. A lot of there's so many different people who they have. Uh, I think every single one of our songs, except like the interlude tracks, have been mentioned as being someone's favorite song. Oh, that's awesome! Which is the oh my god, it's so cool. Uh, like so, that was just kind of surprising that you just said that. <laughs> oh, that's I. I don't know what it is about that track. It just, especially the the drumming, that double bass. Yeah just keeps you going like that's a workout song that's a if we got to get pumped up for something if i'm doing work whatever it happens to be it totally. just yeah it just works oh, that's, so well that's awesome 
Yeah, so that's, awesome. that's just a personal thank you for, for all of your music. And I am just... Dude, thank you for the support. And oh. thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, JT, thank you once again. And best of luck in everything. And seriously, I know I put you on the spot by inviting you back. But if you ever want to do that track by track for the Incubus, I'm completely down. I'm uh, completely down, too. Like I said, I'm stoked to be able to start like telling people that stuff and really get into detail about like every every little detail that went into the album and all the little easter eggs that some people might not have caught like right there's a lot of shit yeah so i'm ima- I'm, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> i'm imagining it's pretty layered yeah well i mean there's also the whole um nightmare concept and how nightmares um they're kind of like what i read is that they're kind of like training programs for your like conscious mind so if you're dealing with something in uh, your the conscious world right yeah and you uh it's it's something difficult maybe you like said something you didn't mean to say and you hurt someone's feelings really bad or you know that's just a a simple one you might have a dream where your teeth are falling out that's one of those Ah, dream times so like getting into that and really showing what's going on with christine in her waking world by uh and doing it through like through essentially what metaphors in the nightmare um it really gives those metaphors like a purpose and right. it, 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 it makes this whole new crazy world. So it's, it's interesting. I'm really excited to see how people pick up on it too. No, that sounds awesome. Now I don't normally like to, <laughs> to hope that time flies by faster, but I really can't wait till my uh, order gets here on September 30th. So I'm, I, I cannot wait either. <laughs> no, it's going to be amazing. So JT, once again, much appreciated. Thank you so much for everything, and uh, thank you for being on Ian Hates Music. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Ladies and gentlemen of this jury, I'm here today to bring this criminal to justice. One who's crime so heinous and evil that I've had the power of the Almighty I sent for so long.
All right, everyone, we are back. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, I got to do my terrible Al Pacino impression for JT from Famous Last Words. I thought that was pretty cool. I also think it'll be awesome if he's able to come back on the show and go track by track through the Incubus because this is really shaping up to be an amazing album. Obviously, you heard Pretty in Porcelain. You heard The Judged. I am just waiting with bated breath for this new album. It's just going to be great. Once again, what a great move it was for them to go with Revival Recordings. They're just killing it all around. I'd like to thank JT for coming on the show. I know he has a ton, as you heard him talk about, he has a ton of press and interviews that he's doing to hype up the Incubus, even though I really don't think it needs hyping. I think it's going to be amazing. Also, thank you to James for helping set up everything, for getting me in contact with JT, and for working all of this out. That was great. Just like I said before, all of the links are going to be in the description of the episode, so all the links are there, so you'll be able to go ahead and pre-order the Incubus. I recommend that you do. I wasn't joking during the conversation. I did the moment they had every single merch bundle out there. I went ahead and got the one. It's got the hands holding the puppet strings. It looks great. I'm just really looking forward to this album. Hopefully you are too, especially after that conversation. So make sure to support Famous Last Words. Pre-order the album. Go see them on tour with Alisana. Go see them on tour afterwards when they go out again. But make sure you support them. They definitely deserve it. And also don't forget to support Ian Hates Music. You can do that by going ahead and subscribing, rating, and sharing on iTunes. It really, really helps. If you have time, if you enjoyed what you heard, if you enjoyed what you heard in previous conversations that I've had, please rate five stars. It helps the show out. It gets the show out there more. Much appreciated. As always, you can download and stream every single episode of Ian Hates Music at ianhates.com. You can also interact with me on Twitter and on Instagram, it's Ian Hates Podcast. If you need to get in touch with me through email, it's Ian Hates at gmail.com. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Ian Hates. So once again, thank you very much to JT. I know he has an extremely busy schedule. It was great to talk to him about an album that I know is going to be amazing. And just to end things the way I ended the conversation, we're going to end Ian Hates Music tonight with Lust of the Lost. If you have not checked out Two-Face Charade or Council of the Dead, make sure that you do. You'll be doing yourself a favor. But right now, let's leave with Lust of the Lost, and I will leave you the way I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.